If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sift Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. You don't ever want to see every second of our lives. We promise. Seriously, you don't want that. It's Sift Pop. Right? The voice you put in that wasn't your normal voice. It was more <laughs> ominous, like, you do not want to Seriously. watch what we do ever. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Sif Pop streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, and I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds, except for this week. <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, guru, not today, but Andrew and I don't mind going with the, the dual show. Stuff happens, life happens. It's more intimate, you know, I get to, it's just a little fun time between the two of us. We get to have, this sound of, uh, I kept digging myself to a hole the more I said that. <laughs> And I'm like, where this is going? I was like, do you want me to dim the lights? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, should Again, we light ladies, a candle? You do not want to see what goes on in the bunker. <laughs> right? No, uh, but it's fun just having just a conversation conversation between the two of us. Sure, sure. That's we, what I was trying to say. No, I get it. I'm totally... I'm, uh, we, are, we love our gurus, but we do enjoy the chance to talk about this stuff, uh, just the two of us. So we're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff today. I wanted to ask you, because we had mentioned last time about possibly talking about summer television. Yeah. Do you want to briefly mention some shows you're watching that you're enjoying? Or, you know, like, are you watching the new Fargo season? I haven't started um, that. I've started watching Better Call Saul. Yeah, me oh, too. Oh, it's good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, Attack on Titan, um, season two is so good. It like I couldn't expect it to be as good as season one, but it's really living up to the hype. And a lot of you new twists and turns are coming along that I'm like, ooh, where's that going to lead? But uh, Designated Survivor is going to be ending in a couple weeks. So are you watching Designated Survivor? I am. I really like this. How do you feel about it? Um, I like his aspect. The whole uh crime spy noir thing i think they need to drop that and focus more on make it make it more a west wing yeah those are the parts i like about it too really? all, all okay. like the crime mystery stuff i'm like just can this be over now yeah i'm more along the lines of i want west wing part two 
it'd be it'd be really interesting to focus on kind of the for me i mean maybe most people aren't like this but like the governmental aspects of that situation are fascinating to me me too that's really why i watched the show like all of a sudden we have a full senate and house and they didn't really focus on it at all like how did those elections happen like you know what how did they have those special elections all that kind of stuff like, maybe that's just our goofiness that is bleeding through like <laughs> we're just nerds who like the political aspect and everybody else is like the crime drama is why i'm watching that show <laughs> that's right um, I'm watching uh, Mystery Science Theater. I'm working my way through that. Oh, en- yes. Enjoying that. Yeah. Um, new season of, I shouldn't say new season, the second uh, part of The Get Down dropped, uh, which I didn't even realize it had until... I On think Netflix? It was, yeah, I think it was actually Desus that told me that the second half had dropped. Mm-hmm. And so I've been starting to work my way through that. That's still really good. Um, definitely an acquired taste. Yeah. I think Baz Luhrmann in general is an acquired taste, so it's kind of interesting to see that. Um, Fargo. I've watched the first couple episodes of Fargo. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, you know, I think season two is going to be really hard to follow. Season two of Fargo was one of the best seasons of television in, in history. Like I thought, was... season one wasn't. And season two is like hold my beer. And... Yeah. <laughs> so season three, so far, and maybe they all start like this, but I'm just like it just hasn't hooked me yet. Like it hasn't grabbed me yet. I love the characters. It's it's very much that same feel. So I love the feel, but I'm just I'm ready to to enjoy like the the i don't know the, the criminal aspect of it or kind of where they're yeah. going or the weirdness of it a little more yeah i'm not sure so plus it's a weird thing where um you and mcgregor you and mcgregor's playing not twins but he's playing both characters they're just they're brothers so it's a strange thing like they look way too much alike not to be twins but i mean i, think oh, I they thought do... they were just twins no 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 they're brothers it's an older brother and a younger brother huh? and so it, there's a little bit of disconnect you know in my brain in okay. that way, where I'm like, it's just you and McGregor and older makeup. <laughs> so interesting. It's a little difficult to work through, but I'm still I'm still enjoying it for sure. Is it? Does he do a good job at least where you can be like, okay, yeah, he's the older brother in this scene, or they look different? Oh enough? my goodness, yeah. They, okay. No, and the personalities. Do, listen, and stuff? Okay. they do about as good as you could do. It's okay. not on them. I just don't know when you have the same actor playing the role that it's that it's possible to make it good enough that it will be just dis- a know, little distinct. uncanny valley yeah to it. yeah okay yeah but they do as 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 good as you could do with that i think they do i i'm excited to pick it up you know golden age of tv ladies and gentlemen hard to get caught up on everything i'm also hearing a little bit of his uh his accent in the in the minnesotan like, really he, yeah so it's a little weird to hear what is it irish or i think he's scottish it's scottish yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. mcgregor yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, I hear a little bit of the Scottish coming through in the Minnesotan. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a oh, little yeah. bit weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Fargo. Uh, which, they're kind of similar accents in some ways, so maybe that's why. I don't know. That could do it. Any other summer TV you want to mention before we get in the rest of the show? Uh, well, you did mention MST3K, and uh, I'm only three, or I mean, I just finished the second episode. I'm going to be starting the third one. Yeah. It's it's like it never left. It is. It's really the same show. It's wow, so good. It's so good. Yeah. And Jonah Ray is killing it as the jumpsuit. I agree. He's so good. I agree. And the fact that you know every single person who works on that show was a fan of the original run, just you can, that passion is bleeding through into the show. No, it's really good. And Reptilicus was my favorite, the first one. (laughs) It was pretty good. Like the the joke, the joke ratio was so good on that. And then as, as the others have happened, I haven't laughed quite as much, but you know what? That's the same with the original like yeah. you know, There's not a hit every and miss. yeah. Not sometimes it's just the rhythm of it. Even if it's not hilarious, it's yeah. just like it's like the hanging out of it. It's like the community of it almost, even more than the entertainment of it. I don't know how to explain it, but it doesn't have to be drop dead hilarious every second. You know, 
No, I totally agree. Well, good. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that a little bit, uh, even though we're going a different direction. We're going to be reviewing The Circle, which mm-hmm. just came out. We literally just saw it. We went straight from the movie theater here. So this is going to be a fresh review. Uh, we're going to do best ever Tom Hanks movies. We'll go on a <laughs> sift quest. And uh, then we will, of course, end with some buried treasure. Before we get into Do We Care, though, uh, we're going to introduce a brand new game to Sift Pop. We'll probably be playing this quite a bit, especially when we have our gurus in, because we want to play it with them. We're calling it The List of Shame. All right, here's how this game works. This is based on, actually, Andrew thought of this, based on the list that have been going around Facebook and all forms of social media, like, here are 10 concerts. Guess which one I haven't been to. Yeah. And we thought it would be much more fun if we transitioned that to movies and guessed which one you had seen. So what Andrew's going to do is he's going to list five movies, four of which are on his list of shame that he has not seen, even though he feels like he should have seen them. And then I'm going to try to guess which of the five movies he's actually seen and which ones he hasn't. So, Andrew, are you ready to admit your list of shame? Oh, yeah. I guess we can do that. <laughs> walk you down the street with a bell, Game of Thrones style? Yeah. Shame! Shame! shame. <laughs> All right. All right. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. In whatever order you want to, what five movies have you never seen? Four of these I have not seen. One I have. Number one, Wreck-It Ralph. Ooh. Number two, the Godfather Part 2. All right. I want to talk about these one at a time. I like this. Okay. Because okay. I'm, I'm going to forget. So we're going to start with Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. First of all, if Wreck-It Ralph is, is one of the four, that is a shocker to me. Okay. Wreck-It Ralph is one of the best animated movies ever made. And you tend to keep <laughs> up on that kind of stuff. So Maybe I didn't. All or right. Maybe I did. Next one. Uh, so then The Godfather Part 2. Part 2 of The Godfather. Um, Maybe. Maybe that could be. I mean, I'm sure you've seen The Godfather, but maybe you didn't go through the trilogy. Okay. Number three. Uh huh. You're going to kill me. <laughs> if it's one of them. It's a Wonderful Life. What? Uh, or maybe I've seen it. Already, my mind is blown because you either you either haven't seen Wreck-It Ralph or It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. One of those have, has escaped your, your experience. Number four, Gone Baby Gone. Okay. And then number five, Annie Hall. Ooh. All right. All right. Uh, Annie Hall. Do you need me to repeat any of those? No. Nope. Okay. No, no, no. Um, the three that I'm pretty sure, well. <laughs> Is the man. chat saying anything? Uh, it's, yeah. Feel I, free I'd to, love to get the chat in on this as yes, well. Yes, yes. We'd love to take guesses in the chat. So guess which one that he actually has seen of those five in the chat, and we'll take the chat's overall guess as well. I'm going to read them all just real quick okay. once again. Wreck-It Ralph, The Godfather Part Two. It's a Wonderful Life, Gone Baby Gone, or Annie Hall. Which one have I seen? Mm, man, I, I would think Gone Baby Gone is one you might have missed, but man, that's such a good movie, and people are talking about it all the time. I would really hope you've seen that one. But then again, maybe you picked it as the one you've seen because people talk about it all the time. Mm, yeah. Um, and just so everybody knows, I plan on seeing every single one of these movies that I haven't seen by the end of the month. <clears throat> Ooh, I like that little twist. Yeah. And you're going to report back? Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Because um, I have them all. It's just, you know, i got to fix that shame list. Uh, we've got one vote in the chat for Gone Baby Gone. Okay. This is the one that you've seen. Okay. Uh, I don't think you've seen Annie Hall. Um, that wouldn't surprise me if that's on your list of shame. Godfather 2 wouldn't surprise me if it's on your list of shame. Um, Wreck-It Ralph wouldn't surprise me if it's on your list of shame, even though it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just, I'm laughing because seeing your brain work and just, you're like, oh, what if you haven't seen that? That's so sad I for know, you. right? <laughs> That's the look on your face right now. This is my poor man hasn't yeah. seen these. Um, yeah, I think you've either seen Gone Baby Gone or It's a Wonderful Life. Um, mm, or maybe Godfather 2. Maybe you've seen Godfather 2, and that's the, hmm. Yeah, we've got a vote for Gone Baby Gone. We've got a vote for Annie Hall or Gone Baby Gone. So people seem to be coming through for Gone Baby Gone, and I'm going to go for my official guess. Your official guess. My official guess. Final answer. Lock it in. No need to phone a friend. Uh, I'm going with Godfather 2 as the one you've actually seen. You're right. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> I've seen The Godfather Part 2. Nice! I have not seen Wreck-It Ralph. Wow. I have. N- I know. It's one that slipped by because um, that was 2007, I believe. I think it was the same year that um, There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men came out. I can understand how that would slip by. I can. It's really <clears throat> good, though. I'm excited that you're going to watch it this month. Because that was a phase in my life where I'm like, I don't need an. I was young enough. Where I was like, uh-huh. I don't need animated movies <laughs> I anymore. I want adult films. I'm an adult. <laughs> I want to watch Daniel Day Lewis terrify me for two and a half hours. <laughs> that's right. And that's not enough. Now I need Javier Bardem to terrify me for another two and a half hours. I'm a man. <laughs> that's right. The, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. It just I I only Dude, watch I only watch two Christmas almost, movies. That's almost a crime. You yeah, understand? Like you could almost go to movie jail for this. Yeah, I've only I only watched two Christmas movies though every single year, and that's not one of them. So yeah, yeah. at least watch it once. Yeah. Uh, Gone Baby Gone is one that I have wanted to watch for so long, but yeah. every single time I'm about to watch it, something comes up, and I'm like, oh, I got to do that instead. Oh, I got to edit this video, or oh, I got to head over here. It's one that I want to watch so bad. You know, every time, every time you mention one, two things happen. Number one, I'm mad at you for not having watched it. <laughs> Number two, I'm so excited for you that you get to have that experience. Like, oh, okay. You know what? You know how you the first nothing's ever the same as the first time you watch a movie. Like you get to have a first time for these movies. Do you want to have another segment on the podcast where after I've seen all these, how about I try and see all these by next week, and then I can come back and report on how I, I feel just, about them. You could do one a week. Okay. You can just report back on, on one a week before we do our Guru's version or whatever. Yeah. And then Annie Hall, I don't like Woody Allen movies. Yeah. I, I just never found his movies. I know that's like, you know, for some people out there, that's like a crime against humanity to mm-hmm. not like a Woody Allen movie. I don't like the way uh, he, he his characterization of women, I just never found appealing or the way that he's he thinks he's this chauvinistic guy who can date anybody he wants in his movies i'm like i I just don't buy it and i just never found it he's definitely an acquired taste and uh (laughs) i I actually am am on that train with you i'm not a huge uh woody allen fan i did enjoy match point yeah but yeah it's a decent film but i do plan on seeing all of them by the end of the month all right well we we look forward to hearing you report back i'm surprised you picked the the right one though no it clicked with me i finally i was finally like no i bet See, Godfather 2 almost makes a little too much sense as one that would be on a list of shame. And I was like, I bet he picked that one I did. as to throw me off. I was going to say The Godfather, but then I figured I said The Godfather Part 2. People are like, that's too specific. Maybe mm-hmm. that is the list right? of shame yeah, one. That's, my brain, I was like, yeah. But you were one step ahead of me. Uh, yes. I've, I spent the last several years building up an immunity get, to IOK You get powder. an official golf clap. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Well done. All right, on to some Do We Care. <clears throat> Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world, and I pick three topics, and we can discuss whether we care about them or not. All right. 
Number one, M. Night Shyamalan's next film, Glass, is going to be releasing in January, and it will be a sequel, and that's all I'm saying. I care so much! Yeah! I I really, like, it's, yeah, this is hard to talk about. Yeah. Because, honestly, I, I... there's such a great experience in store that I don't that I don't want to to spoil about stuff and such and such. One year, I guess, <clears throat> since his last film, but I, didn't didn't I, Split come out in January as mm-hmm. well? So yeah, I've been I've been wanting an Unbreakable sequel for so long. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm just I'm so excited. I love <laughs> I loved I love that that M Night was yeah. tweeting about it and kind of the way. I mean, everybody's coming back. It's going to be amazing. Everybody talks about how Sixth Sense is their favorite twist in Shyamalan. For me, it's the unbreakable twist. Just that ending, they called me Mr. Glass. Yeah. I got chills when Sam Jackson said that. Oh, oh, man, I got goosebumps. I yeah. love it so no, much. No, I definitely care deeply, but uh, in respect to certain things, I'm. Look, we got to be we gotta very. We got to move on. Yeah, yeah we just got to move on. But we care. But we care deeply. <laughs> All right. Number two, Bill Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen will be portraying Timon and Pumbaa in the remake of The Lion King. Okay, so perfect casting. Yeah, <laughs> that is perfect casting, especially Billy I, Eichner. I cannot like I, I. That is the kind of casting you look at and go, "Oh yes, that is like that is square <laughs> peg, square hole." Like that yeah. is perfect. So I, you know, I and I do care about it because <clears throat> I, I care about these, you know, more than you know people who don't want to see them made. But uh, but yeah, it's if nothing else, that's perfect casting. And the more I've been reading up on it, the more I've seen them turn away from the usage of the word live action remake, and they've just started calling it just a remake now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, they, especially they, with Lion King, because it's, I mean, it's all going to be animated. Most, yeah. I mean, like, how much of that's really going to be live action? Uh, There's maybe, no humans. Yeah. So, and I there are that, no real talking animals that I know of. Parrots, well, maybe. Parrots. And, uh, <laughs> I've seen a couple dog videos where they like, ah, rah, 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 and yeah. they talk. That's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, number three. Jeff Goldblum is dusting off his leather jacket for the Jurassic World sequel. I absolutely care about this. Every movie's made better with some Goldblum. Oh, yeah. And his, I don't know if they were prescription sunglasses, but those blue-tinted sunglasses, he needs to get that. He needs to get his his jerry curl back. He needs to get all that back to play Malcolm. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy for this. This this makes me happy. I actually really enjoyed Jurassic World. I know a lot of people didn't. Didn't like it. Thought it was a little too summer actiony. That kind of thing didn't make sense. But I like. I love those kind of movies. We so. have a, a a friend cast. I guess we could call. It. <laughs> they were not a fan of that movie. But you and I, we really liked it a lot. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you liked it too. I yeah, did. I, I really liked. I Jurassic really World. enjoyed Jurassic World. So I'm excited yeah. to see what Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum do together. Oh my! I didn't even think of that chemistry. That is going to be great, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. So which character between Malcolm and Grant did you gravitate more towards whenever you were younger? Did you see yourself more as the Malcolm who was more charismatic, or did you see yourself as more as the grounded Grant? Probably Grant. Me too. But everybody I talked to besides you is like, oh no, Malcolm was the guy I you know fell in love with and I really characterized and he was just a little too rock star for me like i just knew yeah. i wasn't that guy you know what i mean yeah like i could be the scientific studious you know yeah. dr grant kind of person but i would never be a rock star like jeff goldblum threatening ch- children with fossils <laughs> yeah i could see you doing that i totally forgot that's horrible this is such a horrible thing he does in that scene <laughs> he's like it's slicing like at a kid he's like i know he's gonna slice you across the belly spilling your intestines the only- and, rem- and remember this kid 
you are alive when they start to eat you. The only thing that's missing is for the camera to pan down and the kid has like peed himself. He's so scared. Like it's like dripping from his leg. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like abuse. Just show a little respect, kid. Okay. Totally forgotten about that. Uh, Yeah, absolutely care about that. Excited for Jurassic World. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. All right. On to a review of The Circle. I am a believer in the perfectibility of human beings. At The Circle, we can finally realize our potential. When we are our best selves, there isn't a problem that we cannot solve. We can cure any disease and we can end hunger. Imagine the human rights implications. The possibilities are endless. The Circle. May Holland, played by Emma Watson, seizes the opportunity of a lifetime when she lands a job with the world's most powerful technology and social media company. Encouraged by the company's founder, played by Tom Hanks, May joins a groundbreaking experiment that pushes the boundaries of privacy, ethics, and personal freedom. Her participation in the experiment and every decision she makes soon starts to affect the lives and futures of her friends, family, and all of humanity. The Circle. All right. What do we think about the circle? Let's start with the quickie. Did you like it? Love it? It was okay. Dislike it or hated it? You want me to start? I didn't like it. I'm going to trump you on this one. I hated it. You hated it? I had an awful experience at this movie. I almost went with I really didn't like it. Yeah. No, I, I am I am really struggling. Again, we are so fresh from this. Yeah. But I am really struggling. This may be the worst movie I've seen all year, and I see every movie. Let so. me take a look here, see what movies I've seen. Uh, I uh, Do I like it more than Beauty and the Beast? Oh, i got to think on it before I, I rank it somewhere. If you rank the Beauty and the Beast remake as worse than this movie, we will have words. Rem- okay, okay. Remember how we figured out you've been on 45 times? We're, that may <laughs> be your stop. max. <laughs> okay. I like Beauty and the Beast more, but I think I like The Circle more than A Cure for Wellness. Uh, you know what? That that argument I would allow you to have. Yeah. For sure. But so, at least there's some sense of creativity in A Cure for Wellness. Like, at least Gore Verbinski is trying to do something in that movie. Even though he fails spectacularly. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> At least there's something that's going on there. Uh, Here's th- a question for you real sure. quick. Yeah, 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 Is this the worst Tom Hanks movie ever? I'd have to look at the entire filmography because I know I'm forgetting some bad ones. But yeah. off the top of my head, yeah, I can't mm. think of one that's worse than this. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But you hated it. I hated it. Let me ask you a question. This gets to the core of why I hated it. And maybe we'll mention a couple good things along the way. I, I literally have one good thing to say about me too. the movie. Just one. Do you want to just do that real quick? Yeah, let's get or, it over or, with. What, do you, what did you want to say real no, quick? No, no, no. Let's get that over with and then we'll move on. The premise of the movie is really fascinating okay. and relevant. Yes. That's it, all I got to say. Except it doesn't really, it's not really about that premise. Yeah. And this this goes to the questions I'm going to ask you. Hmm. But here, here is my one positive thing. I really liked all the different text messages that popped up. I found it annoying. The, it was too much for me. But I liked reading those because they there was more emotion in, in introspection and interest in, in some of those single sentences 
than in this entire movie. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you don't, you know how in in modern movies they represent like uh, texting or or you know technology based messaging on the screen. Like Sherlock is one of the the shows that really started this, like showing text messages actually on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie does that to the nth degree, and I totally get why you would find it annoying and distracting. Well, here, here's the thing. I just liked what some of them said. A lot of them weren't in English. Yeah, which was cool. It was cool, but I was like, oh, I can't read that one. Oh, I can't read that one. Oh, so when I finally found one I could read, it was already gone from the screen. So I barely read any of them. Oh, see, I feel like I was able to read a lot of them, especially. I don't read quick. I'm I'm not a quick reader. When we talk spoilers, I'll mention a couple that I read that were just like, wow, I want to see that movie. I want to know who typed that, and I want to watch their movie, because this movie is boring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's talk about the negatives, and I'll start here. I do have one more pro. One more pro. Um, this is Bill Paxton's last film role ever. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, but it, he did. His he, performance was really good. But it's sad that this is his last. You know what I mean? It's like, sad it's his last movie, but his performance was decent. Yeah. Pretty good, actually. Yeah. Last movie, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it does. It just, it made me, it made me sad when I saw him because he's gone, right? Like, there's that initial, yeah, of, yeah. oh, man, he's, he's done. Like, he's not making any more movies yeah. in... And then, and then also the fact that I don't, I don't know that that's a spoiler. His character his, has an illness. Yeah, his character has an illness. So you're dealing with the real, you know, the fact that he's really gone. He really died, and also this character has an illness. You're dealing with that psychological stuff, and and then he's also not in it a lot. And then also it's a horrible movie. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, I just wish he could, uh, you know, had a better project yeah. that would have been his last. But but you're right. His performance is fine. You know what I'm fine. excited for though? Talking negatives about this movie. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let me ask you these questions. Yeah. I, I really want to know your answer, okay? Is this movie for or against technology? I don't know. Right? I don't know. <laughs> okay. You think okay. this whole time it's going to be leading to against technology, but at the end of the movie you're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? What? What about the whole thing leading up? To okay. that moment. Is, yes, exactly. Okay, I'm going to ask you a second question. And same answer. I'm sure it's the same answer. Yeah. Is this movie for privacy or transparency? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you think man. it's going one way. Well, but here's the and here's the thing. It's not even like it's some sort of twist or anything. It's not like it's spoil. It's just it's just all of a sudden you're like, wait, is that what you were trying to say the whole movie? Like or I didn't is, get it. Yeah, and and it's that's what it is. It's not that it had one clear idea of what it was about and then pulled the rug out from under you or something. Yeah, it's just that it really couldn't express what like its worldview. <laughs> the red herring of this movie is you thought it would make sense, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and that's, and to me, if there's one thing it all comes down to, it's that. This movie is confused about its own worldview. It's confused about what it means. It doesn't understand its world well enough to tell us how the characters relate to it, how the relationships relate to it, who we're supposed to root for, who we're supposed to root against. Uh, you know, I could ask you another question. I think there's a, a little more of a clear answer on this one, but I'll ask it anyway. Is Tom Hanks' character a good guy or a bad guy? See... He has pros and cons because he's doing, well, for, I say a good portion of the movie, everything he's doing, he's doing with good intentions. But at the same time, the ramifications of those actions and those intentions have drastic consequences. But the movie doesn't know whether those consequences are good or bad. Yeah. It wants to have it both ways. Yeah. So in that way, his character could be good or bad. Exactly. 
It's just, it is mind-blowing how nebulous this movie is. Yeah. Now, here's a big question for you. Could this movie have been done at all without John Boyega's character? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You cut him out. The movie's the the same. The movie's the same. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this. The first time that, and this isn't really a spoiler. I'm just going to say that. because we don't do spoilers here. We'll do them in the spoiler Yeah. The first time that him, John Boyega, and Emma Watson meet uh-huh. is one of the worst, most uncomfortable acting like exchanges I've seen in a movie in a very what, long time. What is the opposite of chemistry? <laughs> like uh, physics? Yeah. <laughs> like they, they don't have chemistry. They have physics. Dark matter. <laughs> Dark matter. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a black hole going on here. Yeah. Oh, man. That was... That was uncomfortable to sit yeah. through and none of the performances in this movie even tom hanks none of the performances in this movie are good no not a single one you already besides besides bill paxton you mentioned bill paxton and uh i'm trying to remember her name please forgive me and give me two seconds the wife? Uh, glenn Hed- glenn headley i just don't know her yeah. well enough is that the wife yeah his, his, uh, bill paxton's wife yeah. yeah i thought she did a good job did you i didn't care much for that performance either well Compared to the rest, it was it was Oscar yeah. worthy. <laughs> Man, Emma Watson. Emma awful. Watson's so, it's so bad. bad. It is so, so bad. bad. Is it because she's trying? Is it because of the accent? Is it no. because she's trying to do an American accent? I think she. It was a. It was a. Uh, it's a culmination of two things. Okay, and it's really weird because you don't. You either have one or the other. You either push, and do you know what the term pushing means? No, no. Go ahead. Explain what you're talking about. So, um, whenever I was in acting school. Um, to get a sense of realism, you had to try and do general emotion. Mm-hmm. Now, say if you're doing a scene where you're trying to cry or something, sometimes you'll see an actor push really hard to try and let the audience know, the effort. I'm yeah. seen, or yeah. I'm sad right now in this yeah. scene. Chewing scenery. You're chewing scenery. It's yeah. called pushing, yeah, okay. where you're trying to push the emotion onto the audience, and it gets overbearing, and you're like, okay, I get it that you're sad. It's not believable. And then other scenes, it was like she was phoning it in. Like, yeah. she didn't care. How do you do both in one? Here's what I think Here's what I think it boils down to. They thought, even though it doesn't work, they thought that the subject matter of this movie was so important that they could skimp on chemistry, dialogue, relationships, and relationship, character development, all of that. They thought they could skimp on all that because the subject matter in their mind was so important. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think that's what they thought. I, because that how is- do... Because how does Tom Hanks read this script and think, it's gold. I can put my name on that. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, because the writing is is terrible. The act, the acting, I mean, you're asking, <coughs> I mean, you're asking a lot to make something of what's going on here. Because the plot is incomprehensible and, like we said, has zero resolution that makes any sense. And so, how are you as a character supposed to fit yourself into this patchwork nonsense of you know whatever's going on here, uh, so many side characters that we're supposed to care about that we don't. No, uh, and I'll go into more or speci- main characters. Or uh, well, and I, but I think, but I'm saying they're main characters that you know are relegated to being side characters. Like why are they? You mentioned Boyega, and there's a couple others that I'll mention in spoilers because some of their relationship to the the movie plot is is important. Yeah, sure. But we don't care about them enough for that relationship to the movie plot to even matter. Yeah. Like it just it just doesn't there's nothing holding me to this story. Why do I even care? Answer that yeah. question. Why do I care about 
what this movie is it just that i'm just supposed to care about the subject matter and then you pull that out from under me by not letting me know what you're saying about the subject matter here's what i think they're trying to say they're saying this is apple it's pretty obvious that this is or like google you think it's google okay it's it's Facebook. silicon it's silicon yeah. valley like huh, echelon silicon valley companies right, right. apple google uh being <laughs> I'm, I'm joking on the last one but uh <laughs> But you talk Apple and Google, that's who this movie is trying to represent and say, we're giving these companies so much power, they could be a government, pretty uh-huh. much. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's going for. But at the same time, the movie doesn't make it clear if that's good <laughs> or bad. Well, here's the thing. It kind of makes it it kind of makes it clear both at different times. Yeah. And it doesn't come down with any kind of real like resolution on that conflict. I mean, that's if you want to explore the nuance and beauty of the conflict between privacy and transparency. Yeah. That's one thing. But this movie is it's almost like it's dogma for both. You know what I mean? Like it's some sort of weird this movie is God's not dead for like a privacy cult. You know what I mean? It's like like you mentioned not caring about like the acting or the performances because you care so much about the message or the material. You know, that's the those that's the kind of movie I think about with something like that. I'm just laughing because I imagine Kevin Sorbo in this movie, and I'm like, yeah, that's the same level of acting that I would have imagined in seeing in the circle. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This, that's, and, and honestly, the the things that I that I get you know frustrated about with a movie like God's Not Dead is the are the exact same things I'm frustrated about with this movie. You're not you're not giving a you know a, a clear worldview that makes any sense, and you're also emphasizing some sort of weird propaganda over some sort of actual story that i care about yeah it's like they were really pushing propaganda for both sides they're like companies like this are the worst but they give us amazing things <laughs> i'm like you gotta pick pick one well or at least nuance it right or yeah. at least make it a struggle to think about uh, it's just it's just very very poorly done and yeah this this may end up being the worst movie i see this year I don't know, man. Cure for Wellness was bad. Okay, here's another thing in this movie. And the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm realizing how much more I disliked it than I initially thought. I, initially, I was like, well, I just saw I don't want to, you know, just say I hate it because I literally just walked out of the theater. Again, I time we're to right fresh it. from it. Yep, I absolutely. Time to digest it. But, um, well, you know when the eternal movie optimist hates it. <laughs> there this must is, be something wrong. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> there are decisions by characters particularly Emma Watson in this movie, that this character makes no rational human would make. I know. It, it's And I there are a couple moments I'm excited to talk about in spoilers that are specific moments in the story that I am still confused by, and I need to talk to somebody about them to see if I miss something or if the movie really is that ignorant of what it's doing. I think spoiler cast this week is going to be half an hour, 45 minutes of what did this mean? <laughs> what just happened? What just here? happened here? Possibly, yeah. uh, man. I don't know that there's really much else to say uh, about this, other than you mentioned you mentioned how bad it is. There were moments in this where I I genuinely thought, and again, we've been you know watching the new season of Mystery Science. I genuinely thought this is as bad as Reptilicus. Like this is as bad as those movies that they rip on a Mystery Science Theater with a yet, higher budget, with a higher, and it stars Tom <laughs> Hanks. Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswalt, Emma Watson, Emma Watson, John Boyega, and John Boyega, and even one of the the you know the girl uh, from Doctor Who that I really liked, Karen Gillan. Yeah, I, like oh, 
it's so that's so frustrating. But it, it really it really felt that bad to me, especially in sections. So uh, so yeah, I think that's a that's a high not recommend for me. Oh really? Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're not going to re- recommend it, then I guess I can't either. Yeah, no. Go, go see <laughs> uh, you're anything. forbidden from recommending this movie, Andrew. <laughs> Just... Before we move on to the best ever uh, Tom Hanks movies, let's talk a little bit about Patreon. There's a very special group of people who support the podcast network that Sif Pop is a part of. And because of that, they get all the extra shows, all that kind of fun stuff, and they get to know that they're helping us out in keeping this podcast network afloat. So thank you so much if you do that. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. Uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of cool stuff goes on there, and we really appreciate it because, honestly, without that support, we could not do what we do. So much appreciated, and if you want to check it out, it's patreon.com slash studio DNA. Again, the name of the podcast network is Studio DNA, so that's patreon.com slash studio DNA. All right, going on to the best ever challenge. This is where we name the best movies ever in a particular category, and the category's a big one this week. No small feat here. (laughs) Best ever Tom Hanks movies. Wow. Now, obviously, we both have the circle at number one. Yeah. So we'll just, you know, we'll keep that one off the list. Trump. (laughs) Trump. It's greater than number one. (laughs) Uh, So we'll go from number three to number one, and if either Andrew or I has it higher, we will trump the other person, meaning we'll wait to talk about it until whoever has it at its highest slot. Of course, we are going to have a bunch of honorable mentions. I have six. One, two, three. No, 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 no. Uh, You said honorable mentions. I said I have six. I was getting ready to say something else. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I just wanted to be clear. I have more than six honorable mentions for Tom Hanks. I have eight. There are many, many honorable mentions, I'm sure. And chat, feel free to jump in and let us know what your favorite Tom Hanks movie is. No, I have six Tom Hanks movies in my top 100 movies of all time. I have three. Six for me. Now, maybe four. Four, I think four. All right, so who wants to go first? I'll let you go first, because I went first uh, earlier on. So, All right, so we're going from number three to number one. My number three Tom Hanks movie of all time Mm -hmm. is Castaway. Good call. I I love this movie. This is a movie that the first time I revisited it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is even better than I remembered it. It's a Mm -hmm. movie that, that doesn't seem to age. I wonder if part of that's the fact that he's on the island for the most time, so it's away from kind of stuff that might age the movie a little bit more. Yeah. But the performance is so great. The moments are always incredible. The moment with the with the ice skate, the moment with Wilson, <sighs> the moment, you know, like it's just it is this powerful movie about sol- you know, solitude and what it really means to be human and his performance is astounding. Whenever you think of the movie Castaway, what is the very first? I know it has a bunch of great, memorable scenes, but what's the first scene that you always think of? For me, yeah, it's Wilson. Is it? Yeah, when he's floating away. Mm-hmm. Oh, that gets me. A movie made me cry over, over a volleyball. volleyball. I know. Yeah. It's almost cliche to say it now because so many people have said it, but it's true. Yeah, <laughs> man, that was powerful. Yeah, um, I think of that, and I you said you said the ice skate. I think of the uh, the, uh, the trying to start the fire in the mm-hmm. stick. Yes. Oh, I, it gives me tingles up my spine. And his kind of like caveman response yeah. and dance and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Well, not when he makes the fire. I'm talking about when he stabs himself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the part I think of. Yeah. yeah. But man, what a powerful movie. Yeah, so great. I think that's a good word to describe it. It's powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. 
My number three, you're going to trump it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> Forrest Gump. I'm not trumping it. What? Oh, whoa. Okay. I'm on record as saying I don't like Forrest Gump as much as most people do. Really? Yeah. Oh, I... I, f- I don't think it holds up. Really? Yeah. I can't get enough Forrest Gump, man. It just because it's just... It's a... How, what's the best way for me to say this? It's a way for me to realize the world's bigger than what I imagined it is. Uh-huh. Because him going on all these adventures... And not because of his disability. You take that all out, make him just a quote-unquote normal person. Sure. It's still a fascinating movie for me. But it's just his perspective of everything that cranks it up to 11 for me. Him going on a run across America back and forth and just in the middle of the Moab Desert in Utah, just turning around, I'm tired, I'm going home. Yeah. Just It just... Makes it so it's fun. It's a funny movie for me. Agreed. I laugh every single time. Agreed. And uh, his accent, oh, it's so it's an incredibly quotable movie too. It it really is. But I just remember as I've revisited it, I've had the opposite reaction as I have with Castaway, which it does not age well for me. And and I feel like part of it is so much of the you know the the quotes and the statements and the scenes that I remember are really. I mean, they're just. In hindsight, they're kind of syrupy and treacly and like it just, I think it's it's a movie with a lot to say, but not a lot of it, I think, goes very deep. So do you think that it's the movie's own doing or do you think it's society's oversaturation of the movie that's done that? And maybe it's a little bit of both. Okay. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but okay. it's, I, and I'm not saying it's an awful movie. I'm saying it doesn't hold up. The first time I saw it, I thought it was great, like really great, but it is definitely one of those movies that the, the longer I... I've gone back to it. I, I think, oh, that's that's not necessarily great. That's a good movie. Yeah. So, but again, yeah, totally get it. What's totally your number two? It. My number two is Apollo thirteen. It was in my honorable mentions. Uh, wow, I can't believe neither of us have trumped each other yet. Apo- I think we have the same number one though. I, I, I'm not sure. Apollo thirteen. <laughs> I have one that I that it blows my mind. It didn't make the list. But again, I, there's six movies of his in my top 100 of all time. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, Apollo thirteen is. In you know you talk about perfect films, Apollo thirteen is one of those perfect films for me. I cannot identify anything in it that I would change. Any editing choice, any plot choice, any acting choice, character choice, relationship choice. Uh, it's just from start to finish, I'm just in that movie. In that those moments where NASA is trying to sign, you know, uh, as um, Matt Damon says in in The Martian, science the bleep out of it when they're trying to you know trying to science things and fix things in that ship. Yeah, Greg Kinnear and Ed, or back on NASA, Greg yeah, Kinnear back, and Ed Harris. Yeah, it is some of the most compelling and interesting, intellectually engaging, educational, and at the same time entertaining stuff I've ever seen. And yeah. I, I think it's, um, uh, why does, uh, Ron Howard. I think it's Ron Howard's best movie. I really do. I don't know. I don't that, know if I can go that far. It's, I love, don't get me wrong, I love Apollo 13. Yeah. But man, he's made some good movies. I, th- I think it's great. Um, And it's sad thinking, you know, hit, Tom Hanks and Bill Paxton are in that movie, and now here they are in the circle. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's sad. My number two, The Green Mile. Ooh. Man, this movie makes me cry almost more than that's any other movie. That's a good choice. Yeah. And it's Stephen King, which, you know, for me is You're a huge, a Stephen huge King. Yep. bonus. Yep. But Michael Clark Duncan is so unapologetically adorable in this movie. Right? And it's ironic that he's so great call. lovable. And the chemistry between him and Tom Hanks and uh, Barry Pepper and 
his name's not David Harbour, uh, the really big guy, mm-hmm. uh, forgetting his name. But then there's a lot of people in this movie you forget are in this movie. Sam Rockwell's in this movie, mm-hmm. and there's not a single bad performance in the movie. The villain in this movie, you hate almost more than any other villain in this movie. Yeah. Oh. I got to be honest. It's been a while since I've watched it. I, I need to give it a rewatch. Yeah. Uh, I, I may have only seen that movie once. That oh. may be a one-timer for me. I don't know how many times I've seen it. Uh, David Morse is who I'm thinking of. But, uh, but no, I remember thinking it was a phenomenal film, so yeah, I'll have to go back to it. I, what I remember thinking, because it's the same, isn't it Darabont? Yes, yeah, well? Dar- yeah. So it's the same, it's you know King and Darabont, who also did Shawshank. And, and they I, also did The Mist. And I, oh man, I really liked The Mist. Yeah. Uh, I remember thinking I didn't like it as much as Shawshank, but that's not saying much because Shawshank is, you know, obviously considered one of the greats. Yeah. It's but, number one on IMDb. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get it. Um, I don't think we have the same number one. I'm in, I think. I, re, I really don't. Okay. What's your number one? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say right here on the record, I don't think we have the same number one. Okay. Mine is Toy Story. I had a feeling it was Toy Story. Yeah. But uh, it, it was between two movies, and after I said we had the same one, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's my number four. Because <laughs> remember I said I had uh, three or four movies in my top 100 uh-huh. movies? Toy Story is my number four. I actually, now that I think of it, I actually have seven Tom Hanks movies in my top 100. Wow. Uh, here, here's <clears throat> the thing. I could actually go Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 3 for my top three favorite Tom Hanks movies. So I'm kind of including them all as a cheat at number one because it's from the same universe. But man, I love these films. Uh, yeah, you know, everybody knows my Pixar bias. Everybody knows how much I love the stories they tell. But there's a reason because they are incredible storytellers. In those, you talk about being moved by volleyball. Somehow, I'm being moved by a bunch of inanimate objects who are, you know, holding hands while awaiting the fire of death. You so, Toy Story, are you doing the entire Toy Story franchise? Yeah, I'm just, just throwing the whole. I'm throwing okay. the whole trilogy in yeah. there because I, I can't really distinguish between them. Oh, I can. Uh, Toy even, Story one. Is I, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I I can, but I didn't want to go Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, and Toy Story 3 for my top three oh, Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> Do you I understand got, what I'm saying? Uh, now I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So, I love I love the Toy Story movies. And, yes, Toy Story would be my favorite of those. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story is actually my second favorite Pixar movie of all time. Nice. Yeah. Next to The Incredibles? Uh, no, I don't, I'm not a big fan of The Incredibles. <gasps> for real? Yeah, it's okay. That's almost worse than your list of shame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no, Finding Nemo's my favorite. Me too! Hey! I love Nemo. Okay. Um, so my number one is Saving Private Ryan. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, wh- the, one of the most powerful movies since Schindler's List, and they're both Steven Spielberg movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, the scene with um, uh, Giovanna Ribisi, I, I, I can't even talk about it. It's so powerful. Yeah, and the movie starts off, it technically starts off in the in the cemetery, but right after that, like three minutes in, it starts you off in Normandy. I mean, this movie hits the ground running and it does not stop. Yeah, and the fact that you care more about these guys and the fact that Steven Spielberg was able to capture the greatest generation of all time and do it justice in ways that no movie since or before had ever done, I think is. It speaks volumes to. I think it's my fourteenth favorite movie of all time. That's awesome, man. Yeah. No, it's it's a phenomenal film. It's the film that started off our world's obsession with saving Matt Damon from various places. Yeah. Uh, and that alone, you know, gives it a good place on the list. I can't think of a bad performance in that movie either. What happened to you, Tom Hanks? That you thought that you could do the circle after doing all of these movies? Well, it's, it's not the only bad movie he's done. Like he was just in what was it, Inferno? Like the. 
the Da Vinci Code movies. Yeah, those are pretty bad movies. But think about it, those make money. I don't see how the circle makes. I don't money. think the Inferno made that much money. Really? Yeah. I think that people see sequel to the Da Vinci Code and they're going to flock to it. But yeah, I could maybe. be wrong. I, I've been wrong many a time. Right. Um, honorable mentions. Yeah. Do you want to list yours first? Yeah, I'll start from worst going all the way up. So big. Uh-huh. I have to mention big. Yep. So much fun. Absolutely. This next one might surprise you, but I think the movie's really funny. Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, I wouldn't put that up there among his best, but it's it's certainly like it's pleasurable. Like it's you yeah. know it's a decent movie. And this next one, I don't know if it's his first dramatic role because a lot of people don't realize before he did he he was this huge he was a comedy guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people made like maybe the younger people. Oh don't no, know there that. are definitely some of his older comedies in yeah. my my yeah. honorable mentions. But uh, was Philadelphia his first like big drama role? Um, I'm not sure if it was his first, but it was among his first yeah. for sure. Woo! Powerful movie. Yeah. And it's because, I think for me, the reason why it resonates is because it's the first movie I can resonate that that tried to tackle a subject matter that was, I, I don't know, faux pas? Is that a word you could use? Like, a lot of people didn't want to talk about AIDS, you know, yeah. especially in movies. Yeah. So I think that it was really crazy, not crazy, but it was brave of them to try and tackle that. Up next, I'm going to mention Captain Phillips. Absolutely. Because, that was in my honorable mention as well. Because here's why. It's the last five minutes of that movie. Somebody whispered in his ear, "Hey, do you remember your Tom Hanks?" And he's like, "Oh, right." So, uh, this ne- he's good the- through that whole movie. He just goes to another level at the end. I think no, I thought he was okay, but at that that last five minutes where they're taking him on, they're getting him cleaned up. It's so powerful. But I'm gonna I'm gonna push you so on this. emotional. I'm gonna push you on this. I okay. don't think that last five minutes works if he doesn't give the performance he gives in the first part of that movie. I think the the effectiveness of that last five minutes has a lot to do with who we've seen him be for the rest of the movie. Does that really? make sense? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. If he is something else for the rest of the movie, I don't think that last five minutes is as powerful. Hmm. I think that's a really brilliant performance on his part to wait to give it to us then after we've seen this man hold it together for that long. I, I just, yeah, I think that's great stuff. Okay. I'll let you say that. Thank you. Because <laughs> you can't stop me. My last honorable mention is Catch Me If You Can. Yes. That would that was the other one that's on my it was really top close. 100 list. It was really close to making the list for me. Saving Private Ryan, Catch Me If If You Can, or two that are on my top 100 list uh, that didn't make my, my top three. Who do you three, think so. steals that movie? Do you think it's DiCaprio or do you think it's Tom Hanks? Amy Adams. Really? Because <laughs> she's, she's in the good. movie for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Amy Adams is in it for a little bit longer. Really? Yeah. It's, Maybe I'm um, just remembering it wrong. Oh, no, no, no. There's, it's been a hot minute. No, there's several. There are three like famous actresses who are in that movie in like one of their first roles. The other two are in there just for like 60 seconds. Yeah. And then they're all like Leon- Leonardo's girls at one point. But Amy Adams actually marries him. Like yeah. They actually fall in love and stuff yeah. in that movie. Actually, so. I take it back. I know who stole that movie now. It was Christopher Walken. And that's not even a joke. <laughs> it's true. He was great. Yeah. All right. Here's something you didn't mention that I just want to make sure I mention. I'll go through them pretty quickly. Sully, I thought was good. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention Bridge of Spies, which I thought was good. Uh, the Terminal is a great one. If you haven't seen The term- uh, Terminal. I liked Maybe it's because I just watched it recently. It wasn't as good as I remembered it. Um, that Thing You Do. I have to mention That Thing You Do. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Sleepless in Seattle is one of the best uh, rom-coms of all time. Uh, let's see. League of Their Own, I think, is worth mentioning. Yeah, I almost mentioned the League of Their Own. And when you mention old school comedies, The Burbs, if you haven't seen the, the TV Burbs, show, no, no, that's a oh, movie. wait, no, no. What am I thinking of? Uh, 
What are you no, talking about? Were there roommates and they had to dress up as women to get the apartment? It was the TV show they did. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, wasn't that called? Sorry. Bosom Buddies. Bosom Buddies. That's what it was. Thank you. You're welcome. And then you mentioned Philadelphia, which uh, would also be on my list. So, yeah, those are just a few. Turner and Hooch. Somebody in the chat said we had to mention Turner and Hooch. Good call. All right, before we head on to the SIF quest, just a reminder. The Summer Sum Game is still accepting entries. The link will be at my Twitter. I'll tweet it out again this week to let people know. Uh, but by next episode of Sif Pop, the entries will be closed. So you've got just a, a little under a week. I think May 3rd is when we're closing entries. So this is where you predict the uh, domestic box office results for summer movies. And then you compete against all the gurus from Sif Pop and others who want to join. About 35 people have signed up so far. So... He's looking at me when he says that, because <laughs> I've been slacking. Well, I've been procrastinating. You got, you got your picks in on the episode last week. If nothing else, I can go enter them in from what you said on the podcast. So uh, I, I don't want you to have to do that. I'm a big boy. I could be. I should be able <laughs> to do it I know how myself. to type. Yeah. I can do it. Uh, yeah, check my Twitter, Aaron Dicer, <laughs> and, uh, and you can win. By the way, the big prize for the winner of the Summer Sum game this year is you get to shout out anything you want on Sif Pop Podcast. So... And, and, of course, our love and appreciation. Oh, so, of course. Of course that. Which is really the big prize. <laughs> That's the big prize. Yeah. All right, on to our SIFT quest. Welcome to the SIFT quest for this week. We will venture forth together on a quest for answers. If you have a burning pop culture question or need an argument settled, or maybe you just have a cultural conundrum, simply tweet me at Aaron Dicer or email feedback at SIFTpop.com. Today's SIFT quest was launched by Blake via Twitter. Blake asks if you could have a fictional character from a movie on the podcast as a guest, who would it be? Andrew, I'm going to let you go first. Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. What? I don't want him in here. Hang on. I don't want him in this studio. Yes, you do. (laughs) Trust me. I'm I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why. You might as well have just chose like Hannibal Lecter or something. Dr. Manhattan. freaking me out. If he's in here and we start listing off things we don't like about a movie, he can change it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, I really didn't like the performance of the movie. He will physically alter the actual reality and make it good. That's cheating. No, like it's it. not. And you know what I'm going to do the entire time? I'm going to try and become his best friend because, like, you know what? I've always hated the fact that my teeth kind of angle in a little bit and cut my tongue. He would dental. It would it would be perfect for me, and I could just use him as my best buddy. There's there's consequences to that kind of power. Yeah, on his end, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just a guy in a bunker in Missouri. I don't have to deal with any of the ramifications. Like, put some clothes on him or something. Like, oh yeah, sure. Okay, good. He wore he wore that suit whenever he did that TV interview. There you go. So See, yeah, I'll probably wear a suit in here. Stop being racist, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Race, I'm not racist. You're racist against the blue dabba dee dabba dies. <laughs> I'm Doctor Manhattanist. <laughs> Who would you choose? Uh, I would choose Steve Rogers, aka Captain America. And here's the reason. I would love to get Captain America on the spot and really talk to him about what he believes. Like, really dig into, you know, all of this, you know, truth, justice, American way kind of stuff. That's Superman. Like, re- what's, well, yes, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just transferring. Pro- yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's kind of that same kind of, he's the Marvel version of that, right? Yeah. Where it's like... Everything is stand-up guy, and and not in a way that would trick him into saying something that wasn't being a stand-up guy, but just in a way to really 
you know, dig into that persona and kind of find out what makes him tick. And I don't know. I've just always found him really fascinating. Would you try and be a gotcha journalism kind of thing to try and get him <laughs> in a corner? Or would you just really just like to have a conversation? I really just want to have a conversation with him. Okay. That would be it for me. That'd be really good. So Captain America. Actually, actually, if we could do like just all the Avengers, just have him in here and do, you know, do a full interview. I mean, I don't think the bunker's big enough, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we it would be Banner. It wouldn't it would be Hulk. Ba- it wouldn't be Hulk. It would just It'd be, be Banner. Banner. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, definitely don't do gotcha journalism with Banner. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Sift Pop? Yeah, he got squished. <laughs> Hulk smashed. Hulk Sift. Hulk Sift. <laughs> All right, thank you, Blake, so much. We appreciate uh, the taking us on that Sift Quest this week. Uh, if you want to launch a Sift Quest of your own, just hit us up at Twitter or email us at feedback at siftpop.com. All right, before we finish out, of course, we've got our buried treasure this week. Andrew, what do you got? So I was talking to uh, uh, Barrett over there at CinemaSins. We yeah. were talking about our favorite uh, foreign language films. He said his was uh, a City of God. I said mine was Rocky. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I said that my favorite was uh, Pan's Labyrinth, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. And then I told him what my second favorite uh, foreign language film of all time was. And that's what I'm going to recommend to everybody today. It's called The Hunt with Mads Mikkelsen. You, you like that, huh? Whew. That is a movie That and a just half. came out. That was just a couple years ago. Uh, I know because yeah. I got the screener for it. Did you watch it? I watched a little bit of it. I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. It's, 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 it's Did powerful. I give up too quick? Yeah. Okay. It's you, I don't know if you as a father will ever want to see your children again after watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which may not be a, a selling not, point. I was going to say, that's not a resounding endorsement, yeah. Andrew. But You're the, going to hate your children after this movie. It, no, not hate. It would make you suspicious of them. Because it gives children a level of power that I've never seen anybody do, and it's never wielded for good. And the ramifications, the long-term ramifications of what happens in this movie for this character are terrifying and the fact that it is so real and so plausible makes it that much more terrifying that's all i'm gonna say mads mickelson should have won best uh, actor and i think the movie if this matters to you on imdb is rated number 40 greatest movie of all time really yeah i think so yeah i can uh, i don't know that it necessarily matters but that's really interesting yeah uh, just give me it's a it's from denmark and for those of you who don't know uh, mads mickelson is danish uh, and it's just a, the scenery and everything. It is on IMDb. Uh, I was way off. It's 107. Okay. But still, nothing to scoff at. Not at all. So that's called The Hunt. The Hunt. I'm going to recommend a podcast uh, that I just started listening listening to. I was on a recent long road trip and wanted to start into something. And I've been hearing something about it. Plus, I had enjoyed this person's TV show that I actually also gave as a recent uh, buried treasure, which is Pete Holmes. And because I enjoyed the TV show and kind of what he had to say there, I decided to listen to his podcast, which is called You Made It Weird. It's been on for six years now. And I don't know if you're like me, but I have to go back to the beginning. I don't listen to the most recent episode when I start a new podcast. I listen to the first episode and then I kind of work my way through the ones I'm interested in, especially in a case like this where there's, you know, 700, 800 episodes or whatever. Kind of. I don't necessarily listen to them all, but I'll, I'll like cherry pick in order because I don't want to listen... I want to feel how the show develops. Part of that's because I do podcasting myself, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to see how other people do it and kind of how they develop. And I'm really glad I do it that way because it's really interesting to listen to these interviews he's doing before he was as well-known as he is now. 
with other people who aren't as well, you know, weren't as well known then as they are now. And also to hear them talk about like 2011 pop culture stuff and just, you know, kind of, it takes you back in time. It's a time capsule. Yeah, it is a little bit of a time capsule in some ways. So, but yeah, I would, I would recommend it. The, and I said this about his TV show as well. A lot of it has to do with how willing he is to really explore what he thinks about the bigger questions, what he thinks about God, what he thinks about faith and belief. And he's asking these people, uh, each, each episode really, really checks in on three areas, uh, sex, religion, and relationships. Wasn't he a youth minister? He was a youth pastor, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Another thing that Pete Holmes and I have in common, we were both previous youth pastors. Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of hear his perspective and how he's gone through his life and hear him continue to explore those bigger questions, which I think we all do, uh, at least at one time or another, um, unless you've got it all figured out, which if you do, feel free to let us know because that's, you know, That'd be a first for a human being to have everything figured out. So, yeah. So I really enjoy it. I'm having a good time. It's called You Made It Weird. And again, I would recommend starting at the beginning. He's a funny, funny man. So it's probably worth a listen to. Yeah. It's interesting. Have you ever checked it out? No, I have not. But I probably will now. Yeah. His first one I think he did was with Kumail Ninjiani. Uh, do you know Kumail? Oh, yeah. yeah. Silicon Valley. He, he's yeah. so funny. Yeah. So funny. And that's a, that's the other thing about listening to a comedian's podcast is they have other comedians on, and they're just all funny people. Yeah. And they're just really funny. So, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it uh, if you enjoy, uh, especially Pete Holmes. You'll enjoy You Made It Weird. Well, there you go. We did it. It was a podcast. Huzzah. It has happened. Goodbye, April. Hello, May. Hello, May. Hopefully, you can do better than April did. <laughs> With movies? Yeah. Or just in general? Yeah. You have, you have a rough April, Andrew? Yeah, I broke my toe. <laughs> you did break your toe. Yeah, I did. Aw, Andrew. Was, was no bueno. No broken toes in May. Yeah, I'm you could right. break You could break a toe every month for 10 months and have a new one to break. <laughs> <laughs> I like your glass half full way of looking <laughs> at that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to today's guru, Andrew Armsby. Hi. Oh, wait, you're a host. Oh. But anyways, do you have anything you want to plug, though? Uh, we passed 41,000 subscribers on Nicely YouTube. Nicely done. Um, something that we are insanely proud of. Uh, disclaimer, it's not family-friendly, but we started a Let's Play series on our YouTube channel in the video game Seven Days to Die. They have officially started coming out. It's the editing process that is taking so long on these because we're not just doing, you know, just watching video game. We are putting every form of effort we can into making these the funniest cool. things you have seen. And awesome. We're very, very proud of them. Uh, I would just mention, for me, I just recently launched a Patreon for my YouTube channel, which oh, is yes, different yes. than the Patreon for this uh, podcast network. So if you want to support, if you like the YouTube reviews, helps me be able to do more of those. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash yourmoviefriend, which is the name of my YouTube channel uh, as well. So I figured I'd mention that. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for the podcast network for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There are a lot of ways to connect with the podcast. You can do it at SoundCloud. You can tweet at us. You can do it in iTunes. You can leave comments there. Or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than kayaking by the bay in a dense fog. 
Spoiler chat heading up next in your podcast feed. It'll be there soon. And we'll see you back next week for maybe some talk on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We'll see you then. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.